I know that you've all been prepared for this, but I thought I'd just remind you just the same. Can you handle that? Welcome to the first episode of Invasion of Polly Snatchers. I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel John Tui. Hey folks, what's happening? We're very excited to be here favorite genre lots to talk about can't wait to get into it um so Noel, how have you been keeping uh, have you been good i've been good i've been good i've been just working home and the same as a lot of people just kind of trying to get through it i'll be happy to see the end of it i like you know i've been training for this hermit lifestyle for years <laughs> but, but <laughs> it wears you down i've been watching a lot of films i suppose which is the good thing for something like this isn't it you know so I, I we had a chat. We've been had had a lot of downtime. Last time we got to record properly was in December. We had a few we had a few interesting experiences trying to get the podcast going back up during the lockdown, and so we so we decided to not to put the other podcast on hiatus, but to refine our approach and while doing so, practice for another podcast that we wanted to be, we've been talking about for a little while, and that's one that we focus on the horror genre. Two of us are big horror goofballs. We love it. We love seeing blood love gore. It, yeah. And like, the thing is, we decided that this would be a good way to kind of give us a fresh kind of like, you know, angle to work from, and also a good way to refine our approach as we go forward. So like um, I said, I came to you, uh, I think it was like last week, I said to you, like, we'll do this, uh, we'll do this kind of run with the horror movies. And we, you, I said to you, do you want it to go first? And you picked an absolute cult classic movie that I absolutely love. 1985, out in, called The Reanimator, like a new age Frankenstein movie is starring Jeffrey Combs, directed by uh, Stuart Gordon. Like, um, I think Bruce Abbott. R.I.P. 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 Stuart Gordon, of course. Uh, he, he passed away last year and um, stars Bruce Abbott and uh, uh, Barbara Crampton. I'm sorry, I'm just reading this here. And David Gale, who's kind of like the villain of the piece. Kind of Everyone's kind of villain-esque in this movie anyway, except for maybe uh, Dan, Dr. Dan. Yeah, but he, he was, just, I think the only thing that defined him was Smarmy. So he was our, <laughs> he was, you know, he was our unsympathetic, you know, bad guy, I guess. In a movie full of people who have questionable moral content. Yeah, I think yeah, it's like it's a whole grey area. It's like because I even thought about this earlier before we came on. I rewatched it and I was like thinking, usually you define it by you talk about the heroes and the villains because that's how we did the superhero podcast. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's very easy, like, <laughs> the, the red skull Nazi guy back. Yeah. You know the. Yeah, I did like so when you watch a movie like this, you're like Jeffrey Combs. Um, you're like, is it Combs or Coombs? Well, it's C O M B S, so it's spelled exactly like Combs. Yeah. So I, I, I just go Combs. Yes. So if, we're, if we're butchering it, Jeffrey, who's definitely going to listen, <laughs> we're, we're very, very sorry. <laughs> and um, so Jeffrey Combs in um, kind of like in the lead role in, in many ways, but like, well, he's hard to see him as the protagonist because, like, like from the from the minute the movie starts, you get this really cool kind of like cheesy eighties intro. And it's nearly even like a 60s, 70s kind of old school murder mystery movie. The intros, it's really cool. Loads of like bright yes. colored images and, and then it goes to Zurich. And then you see 
these people are happening in on this guy, Jeffrey Combs. Herbert West is the character he plays. And he's like, no, he, he has he just injected? I think he's already injected this doctor, Hans Gruber, great name. And like he's already injected with this reagent that we, we kind of see more as the movie kind of progresses. And like within, as you said to me before we recorded, within the first two minutes, you see a guy, he's, he's exploding. <laughs> of his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he gets up and his eyes explode over his head and he dies. <laughs> his so do you call that like tone setting? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I think they were right in it, and they were like, okay, look, and he's going to go there, and he's going to move into this apartment, blah, 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 and then finally we'll get to this. And somebody said, yeah, maybe we just open it up <laughs> to, tie, to tie them over, you know? Because yeah. the film ties you over for the next 20 minutes until stuff starts to happen again. Oh, so do you think that's and, why they did it? Because they're like, well, I do, yeah, yeah. It wasn't boring. It was great pace setting. Yeah. It was great <laughs> You got a taste of what's to come. Like, I mean, if you went to the cinema, Back in, in 1985, in the golden era of horror, and you were there two minutes in going, oh, it's one of those. Yeah. You know, you have to get up and leave. It's not going to jump down you at an hour in. It let you know. It was a very much so a taste of what was to come. And, and it did. I, I was never bored. Yeah. I was sitting there going, hurry up, because it just... It just gave you something every 15, 20 minutes and then picked up its pace. You know? Yeah, it, it, it split the movie nearly in two acts more than three because it's nearly like the introduction of the Doctor and then as soon as his experiments start ramping up, it's like you're nearly into the final act. You know what I mean? Like So like it's so quick from the part where with the cat with Rupert later on in it and it's so quick that it escalates that it nearly feels like the movie's in two halves instead of three acts. Yeah. You know, that kind of way. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really does. The pacing is is there because like in, in one way Jeffrey was a very one-dimensional character in the sense that he had just he, he was an obsessed you know he was that Dr. Frankenstein he was yeah he, he never he had never he never what was that old expression we spent so long trying to do something that we never wondered if we should oh yeah he, yeah yeah I know I butchered it paraphrased well, I totally understand what you mean though exactly and that's it he just had this agent that could beat the six to 12 minute brain death barrier and reanimate dead tissue. And he just thought he owed it to science. It was his life work. It would make him famous, it would make him a millionaire. He was so myopic yeah. that it was actually that, that yeah, it didn't need to be three or four or five acts. He, he was never trying to find his way. He never questioned himself. He was just, he was deranged and, and, and driven, <laughs> basically. Like um, uh, from pretty much, so we have his introduction in Zurich and um, within a few moments of the the eyes exploding and then you have your uh, i think it the eyes exploding then to do the intro isn't it and then it's the coochies the intro and then you run into the, yeah. the introduce uh i i can't even like i want to say the name of the school but i know i'll butcher it it's like the mike and or something like that it's like it's got a really weird name it's set in arkham massachusetts which i hope is a nod to batman and um <laughs> that like within within the first few minutes Jeffrey Combs comes in and he's like straight away he's like tear like Dr. Hill gets introduced and he's like the, the dean is bringing him around and within a few minutes he's like derising everyone's work <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> call him a plagiarist and stuff like that yeah. and I love the fact that somebody's he made someone's eyes explode and they were like well we need to send a strong message here we're transferring you to another school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how young do you think those uh, actors are supposed to be well, actually, I happen to know that just from looking up, it could be Jeffrey Collins is 66 now, as we record this today. 
So I think he was 31 at the time. <laughs> How young do you think he's supposed to be in his early to mid-20s? I mean, he's, he's supposed to be in his early 20s. He's supposed to be, he's supposed to be wet behind the ears. Yeah. A, a genius student who uh, graduated two years ago. He's supposed, he's supposed to be 20 even, like, you know? He's 31. But that's, like, that's par for the course even today. Yeah. Though, you know? yeah. But he's not a fresh-faced man. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, 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 he looks like a grown yeah. man. Yeah. He looks like the kind of 20 year old that's been doing nothing but like evil experiments with the dead <laughs> you know I mean? like um so the the i suppose the closest thing to a protagonist in the whole movie is the dr dan um yes and he gets introduced here and like within a few minutes they're just kind of like i think his his initial introduction i kind of jumped over by mistake because i got someone i was giggling so much about jeffrey collins because he's brilliant in it but like he, he's got this he's doing this weird and it's kind of really kind of trippy. It's kind of like weird scene murder to have the the heart machine and have this kind of like rhythmic music. And he's like doing the CPR on the woman, and she's like she's dying. And it's like it's really weird slow mo. Like you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's it's cool. It's kind of it's him. It's him trying to save a life the old fashioned way. I think it was a large man actually. I think it was a very large. <coughs> overweight man on a gurney and he was a couple of minutes gone and the doctor wanted to call it yeah and he was like no you know so he just obviously introduced a character who had appreciation for life you know yeah a curious mind yeah but obviously but obviously had moral kind of moral boundaries um that's good storytelling it's good storytelling yeah it, it actually it is. is i yeah like i actually didn't I didn't pick up on that until you mentioned it, where he's like, he's... I, I, it's only saying out loud mm. that you can really mention Cause it Because he, he's saving life the old-fashioned way as well, like, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. that, that was, that is actually cool storytelling, like, and, um, within, within a few minutes of him pretty much failing to save the life, and then, um, because I kind of went in the wrong order, but he gets introduced to Jeffrey Combs, and, or as you mentioned, Jeffrey Combs kind of, like, rips, uh, everyone to shreds, like, and, uh, and then, like, so as the, the, the movie progresses, so, like, he... Within like a few minutes of him being introduced, uh, he goes and meets the the the, bl- the blonde bombshell of the movie. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Sutton Crampton is that her name? Barbara uh, Crampton. Barbara Crampton. I only said her name a yes. few minutes ago. My memory's gone to shit. But um, yeah, Barbara Crampton, um, who gets her titties out a uh, shit ton in this movie. And yeah, well, that was it was the eighties. <laughs> we were extremely grateful because that woman yeah, was like, yeah. well, as men were yeah, fantastic shape. As pervy, pervy red blooded men, we definitely are. Yeah, and pervy red blooded, pervy red blooded women too, man. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> it's, um it was just a prerequisite, I think, of the 1980 scene, wasn't it? I mean, this was 85. Yeah. This was at the height of the, the powers. Like, you had, you know, what was going on around it was Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and yeah. and, and Halloween and stuff like that. So this is just right there See, that's, in the middle of all of that. That's the best thing, really, the most interesting thing about uh, the horror genre when we are kind of step away from the superhero stuff because the, a lot of the superhero stuff we're talking about is very modernistic, uh, but with the horror genre, you can kind of dip back into different generations different decades and you got like the, the the contemporaries for these movies were completely different each and every time and i think that'll kind of make it a bit more interesting for us as we go along as well because like when you're talking about like what influences reanimator you know what i mean you see what its contemporaries are as you just mentioned like i think it would be in 1984 1985 you're talking uh halloween season of the witch maybe you're talking friday the 13th the final chapter or something like that you know and uh, uh 
Nightmare on M Street, maybe two or something. I did. I, I wrote. A, I know the first one was eighty four. So yeah, it, 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 it was in between one and two, or it was around the time of two. Yeah. So yeah, like it was just it was all happening. That was the superhero. Yeah. Time. The bar was so high, wasn't it? Though the bar was huge. Yeah. yeah. Like even like it was the bar of. Uh, um, shameless self promotion, <laughs> uh, but uh, I wrote an article about 1980s horror and the, the time period, like uh, the the birth of the horror franchise, really happened in the 1980s, and like I, I, that's why I think these movies, when you have a movie like Reanimator and it opens up with a guy's eyes exploding within the first five minutes, that's because as we just mentioned, was the the level of your competition. Like, yes. you know what I mean? This is what constantly raised the stakes. And that's why, like, horror in the 90s kind of got neutered a little bit, on, yeah. like, apart from a few movies here and there, West Craven yeah, in particular. Down. It got a bit more sus- suspenseful as opposed to gory and stuff like that. Yeah. Be- this, I think, like, somebody, I, I can picture somebody on the set of Reanimator saying, look, the, the film that just came out last year, <laughs> a nightmare demon. Yeah. <laughs> Whose who's only limit is his imagination. Yeah, and he so you know, and he was able to hang people in their own cell, <laughs> rip a girl up a wall, and the guy was going right. We're we're blowing we're blowing this guy's eyes up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like even in part one of uh, like in a movie like Nightmare on Elm Street, when he um he sucks us and he sucked Johnny Depp back into the bed, and he explodes he explodes yeah. all over the ceiling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I think they just turned the room upside down. I think like that's how they did it. They put the that's my knowledge they put the what they, they built the scene everything on the roof and they just let gravity just, just drop the fake blood through the ground and just let gravity do the, the work while that were yeah while we're mentioning fake blood and stuff because that kind of just reminds me of like uh practical effects nowadays horrors have a bit too much shine and too much cgi intervention um so like what do you make like are you a practical effects guy or a cgi guy all the way practical, practical effects, effects. And even if they, even if it, I was, this is one thing that I, I think we should get back into. I know we're, we're dancing around, but I have to say this. And that's the one thing I think, like, if people, if people, let's just say you're a superhero aficionado, if you go back to like the Fantastic Four, Blade, um, you know, um, Ghost Rider and stuff that came out kind of before Iron Man came out in the whole MCU yeah. universe, that you go back, they don't age well. Yeah, the CGI and stuff doesn't age well. But when you go back to the practical effects, there's just some a bit of love there. Like the the scene, I think we're just about to get into where uh, we've had Zurich and he moves into an apartment with Dan and uh, the cat. But that was all practical effects. And even though you look at it and you go, right, I can see that that's not 100% real. There's just love in it. There's animatronics and there's gore and there's literal art to me because I think somebody actually has to sit there and make the, the blood and the guts and the gore make it all look extremely real and, or as, as best they can and you just love to see it and the thing is like um you remember practical effects artists like you don't remember yeah. who did the you go well i remember such and such who did the cgi on iron man you don't remember that you remember the company no. but not the people you remember greg nicotero is it tom savini like you know what i mean savini yeah savini is, is a god rick you know, rick savini rick baker school now. you know what i mean yeah. like you remember these people rick bakers of the world and stuff like that because you look back and you can actually see their work on the screen not they were magicians though mm. you know like how did you this the spirit from kevin bacon's throat in it, uh, <laughs> yeah you know it was savini was like how do we do it he goes here's how we do it yeah you know he makes a fit and he just said right just give me like you know ballistic gel give me uh fake blood uh give me a pump of some of some description and literally build devices or like and it was an actual sleight of hand yeah you know actual actual magicians as far as i was concerned on the set 
and you could just see it and, and they were breaking barriers all of the time this was the 1980s they didn't have the special effects and so they said right fuck it we'll just go practical and I think Reanimator is an excellent example of, of clever camera work yeah later on in the film I think I was looking at it with a, a more critical eye there's so much clever camera work yeah the stuff they know they can't do yeah exactly and then they show you like, they bring you right up to the limit of what they can show you and they know exactly what the limit is of like you know when they they reach the edge of they know okay this this will get us like a, a hard nc-17 in america or something they just yeah. like just leave it to your imagination like you know what i mean it's very clever just a shocked a shocked reaction on someone's face yeah. and go back to it yeah yeah that sort of thing um but like uh, so the reason i mentioned the practical effects is because like in the in the first opening scene, whatever the guy's eyes explode, but like it's kind of like it it dims down a little bit. Then the gore and stuff, as you mentioned earlier, to satiate your thirst for blood for the first twenty minutes. Yeah, you're okay. You know what you're, I mean? You're okay. You're you're tied over. You yeah. Know? yeah, and they do the story building. Then in the meantime, introduce Doctor Dan, the Dean, introduce yeah. uh, Doctor Hill, which will be his their rival and his rival going on Herbert West's rival, and then in and they established the rivalry. As an introduction, yeah, exactly. They literally introduce them, introduce themselves to him, yeah, and with a rivalry. Yeah, there's no build up to it. Whatsoever. And he shows that, like, even before he went to school with there, that he had a predisposed probably hatred for Doctor Hill because he said he the work he does is considered plagiarism for his mentor's work in yeah. Europe. Like, yeah. so he probably went to that school knowing he was already there. And like you know what I mean, so like uh, that's what I liked about there, there's a lot of clever story building in the space of twenty minutes, and they introduced um, Barbara Crampton's character. What was her name again? Um, uh, Megan. She's like actually that doesn't even sound. The, I'm reading the, it doesn't even sound familiar to me. <laughs> you know, the, like, the dean's daughter were mentioned as well. Yeah, that's her. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Like yeah. her name Megan didn't sound familiar at all. I watched no, that movie twice like, in three days. <laughs> I watched it an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound familiar at all. Like it's weird. Yeah. But um, like so, like in in the space of twenty minutes, they introduced to do a lot of uh, story building, a bit of world building, and then we have. Uh, the Dr. Dan and uh, Megan, I guess is her name. <laughs> I'm reading, I still don't believe it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but like, that's her name. And then so like literally they're in, they're like, uh, you know, giving it the good old fashioned uh, beast with the two backs. And yeah. um, and all of a sudden there's like a knock on the door, isn't it? And he goes out and then do the, Dr. Herbert West is at the door and he's uh, been looking to rent his room um, because he has a basement in the home or some shit. And I think this is where the story really ramps up because that's how quickly it, it, it starts ramping up. It's like, okay. When you think well, talking about it out loud, is incredible. It, like, it, how, you, know, you know what I mean? Like there was absolutely no wasted um, scenes. Yeah, like There was no wasted time I, at all. Yeah, I think uh, it, I paused it earlier and I was watching it for a moment and it was like 38 minutes gone and it was like literally introducing to the part where he finds the the cat in the fridge it was around that scene so that's how quickly they get into the story and i think yeah. horrors are probably the best genre at doing that uh making a really decent coherent movie in 90 minutes or 80 minutes plus or whatever like you know what i mean because they, they cut away any chaff immediately like you know so they really do yeah. and um so when you get to the point, like, and the reason I was talking to you about the practical effects earlier, so like the second half of the movie is very, very heavy on effects compared to the first half, yeah. and like, oh, hugely, yeah, yeah, and like uh, when uh, when Doctor Herbert West comes, do you think like he, you got that guy knocking on your door, 
and he wants to move in. Do you think you're going to let him there? <laughs> That's the thing. He did show he did show a bit of reluctance on it, but he kind of Herbert West was clever enough to make it known that he very much keeps himself to himself and he pays on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're kind of like, oh, and yeah. the girlfriend's like shaking her head. She's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, I think, like, you know, he even kind of, and there is even just that kind of uh, social protocol where somebody's, he's there, he's insistent. And even though that's shutting its way, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, he has this certainty about him. I'll take this, this is fine, I'll pay, and I won't be in your way. <laughs> okay, I guess that's fine. Oh, man, like, <laughs> and, and he's in, and that's yeah. it, like, he's in. Yeah. And um, so it's like, it's not much longer later that, like, after he moves in, the, pretty much the... The, the girlfriend doesn't know she doesn't come over for a while and um when she comes back that they can't find the cat rupert is that his name and um, that sounds right yeah. <laughs> that sounds right we go with that <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so like after the the cat find the cat and then she pretty much goes looking and she stumbles upon the the she goes into dr herbert west's room and she stumbles upon the remains of the cat in the mini fridge and like what did you make of that scene was <laughs> for the poor cat so like yeah. do you think like his reaction when he came in, like who who would you believe more? Like, do you think she? He he, he was indignant. <laughs> he came in and he was annoyed with her for being in his bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, the cat was there. He was like, "I was going to tell you," and they never. He says the cat suffocated. Yeah, they never touch upon whether he did or did actually kill the cat, mm. which which I kind of like. He said the cat suffocated. He's got his head stuck in a jar. His head stuck in a jar and suffocated. Yeah. And uh, the guy, the guy was like, "Would you not a rag?" And he goes, "What would I leave a note? Cat died. De- more details. Cat died there. details. Yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's like, who do you? Who do Which you... is funny because he's so droll. Yeah, you know what I mean? like it, it works because it's not. He's not like this like sarcastic, wise cracking John McClane character at all. Like you know, he's very much yeah. So that would that, that just work. Did um uh, like. So like, who do you, do you would you believe him? Like he's so insane. It's like the kind of thing he would do. He'd find a cat dead and he'd put it in the fridge so the place didn't get stung up. Like he blackmailed them. It, oh, he, remember he might he just mentioned that and he'd hate for the dean to find out that you know because the dean was a very uh, you one actually called him when when they were having shall we just say penetrations of vaginal intercourse. <laughs> that's all you get out of me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, but she fucking uh, she called her dad the last purest uh, <laughs> there's like how do you segue after that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, brilliant. It's one of those, if you catch my drink. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they didn't know, your man didn't know they were, I, I think he knows they were together during age, and he knew that, but he didn't know they were having sex. Because, you know, they're supposed to be these teenagers. Or, <laughs> or, or the dude looks like 40. <laughs> oh, yeah, the dude looks like 40. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, he's at least 28. But, you know, but uh, he, you answered, I, they had him then, because they couldn't prove he killed a cat. And he had something on them. Yeah. And he just, he, he were just like, you know, like, call it a draw and leave it alone. And she kind of reluctantly does, but your man definitely doesn't want to fucking um, shit where he eats, especially when he's supposed to be a student at the school and stuff, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and we, so that ties over nicely. 
and like and as we previously mentioned as well like because he needed to use the blackmail because like the, the other doctor dr hill was pretty much looking for any excuse to kick him out like he's i think we kind of slightly skipped over the scene where he skipped over the class yeah where he's in the classroom and he even says to him pretty much like i'm always i can't wait till i the day i get to kick you out of here or some shit like he that. was breaking the pencil <laughs> every time he said something that your man knew to be wrong because of his formula he broke a pencil and your man said uh mr Web- webster what was his surname uh herbert west west Mr. West, I, prefer, I, I I think perhaps you, get, you should get a pen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he tells him he can't wait to fail him. So obviously, yeah, no, they've established that. You, but your man it just knows that he's so far ahead yeah. of that doctor. And that, that doc, doctor is a charlatan and a plagiarist <laughs> that he just has no respect for him. He can't, he can't feign it. Like, you know? Yeah, I love the way he's no respect for him from minute one. He himself is not a charming man. Yeah. So he he's not there to play the game. He, in fact, if anything, you know, like uh, you hear these stories of these prodigy prodigies, and they end up in college by the time they're ten. Like they don't have time for for these teachers because they've surpassed them. Yeah, it's so many times over, and that's what he is. He's prodigious in his in his talent. Yeah, it's nearly like he's he's trying to out him as a fraud. Yeah, I mean that's the only reason he's there, like you know what I mean. But like, so and the, like, so when you have this kind of like, like uh, this, the whole movie is kind of like the relationships are all f- like friction. Uh, like there's like they're full of friction every relationship, and like there's like there's no friends, you know what I mean? Like in the whole film, yeah. like because you have pretty much Doctor the uh, Doctor West is is um, blackmailing Doctor Dan, and you have uh, Doctor Hill is just like dying to kick him out of school like you know what i mean and like yeah. so the only reason like they're they're not even coexisting you know what i mean like they're just like they're just like they're plumped beside each other and they're all trying to make the best out of that situation like you know what i mean like you know yeah that's it uh, that's it and that's all it is yeah that, and that, that's the yeah. best thing about it. like because even like but the pacing is there that it doesn't matter you yeah. don't even feel that sort of tension really because everything just seems to be happening so fast yeah like they they establish the relationships very well but they don't dive into them but that's i don't say that in a bad way because i don't i don't care yeah exactly you know what I mean? yeah like, it's not that kind of movie. it is what it is and let's just let's let's keep it going like, yeah the pacing was fantastic yeah and like fantastic did, like as soon and one thing i loved about because as soon as he's like i'm in the house and he starts doing the experiments he kills the cats and then it just it, the cat it just really just ramps up from there as you mentioned the pace and just like okay everybody this we're introducing everybody they don't like each other now here's the cool stuff yes. <laughs> you know what i mean like so we've got the cat in the fridge and that the, the argument and then we have noises inside the house and he comes out with a baseball <laughs> dan comes out with a baseball bat and he, trying, he wants to inspect what's going on he goes down into the basement and his cat's trying to kill <laughs> that's he's fucking brilliant he's like he's on his back and he's like wrestling with him like <laughs> yeah and that's like 1950s style you know like where the where the giant squid or something but it literally was just like a giant plushie you, just had to, you almost had to like strangle yourself with the tentacles yeah. and stuff like that like plan nine from outer space uh, he was doing a lot of that but it was a lot of physical kind of kind of stuff uh, bruce campbell kind of stuff and uh but then, yeah, he threw it and he ended up killing the cat again. And again, 100% practical effects. It, and if anything, silly effects. A lot of it was just acting. Like, there was just a black toy yeah. on his back. Like, your, ma- you know? your man kills the cat, Dr. Dan, because it attacks him and he slams it against yes. the wall. <laughs> it's That's just it, so ridiculous, yeah. that poor cat. But like, um, that, when you mentioned second about Evil Dead, it does have a really Evil Dead feel to it at times, doesn't it? Like, it's yes. gore mixed with humor, like pretty much throughout the whole movie like you know like Evil Dead yeah. and the gore is really it's, over the top and viscous like you it, know 
and it's just like they're alive but are they kind of thing just like evil dead like something humanoid ish yeah that's got like aggression and stuff it's just kind of there because the cat like again your man argues that your man must have lowered the cat's vitals and then revived the cat and your man says you agree it's dead now and he gives him another (laughs) and the cat just is grotesque simile of life yeah. kind of comes back and that's very evil dead that <laughs> yeah. is very evil dead like just grotesque and guts falling out but it doesn't matter because it's not it, you know the laws don't apply to it anymore like you know what What did he say it's not going to dance it's like don't expect it to dance the what Celsius it's got a broken yeah. <laughs> I love that like. it's guts right yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just that. that's it yeah and then you start to see that but th- this is a really good scene, and I think it needs to be discussed a little bit because this is where Dan, a scientist himself, mm. uh, a doctor, uh, comes to the realization that there is merit to the work. Yeah, it's not like it's not like something that you know, it's kind of grotesque when you're kind of inside of it. It's a horror film, it's supposed to be. Yeah, but the actual question of like imagine if somebody had been dead for 10, 12, 15, 20, even an hour, you could bring them back. Yeah. That, that's, that'd be the biggest medical discovery, bigger than penicillin. That could be just absolutely massive. Like it'd be the, the discovery. So, so you'd be, you'd be crazy to do it, but you'd be crazy not to think about exactly. it. Exactly. So this is where he realizes that there's the insanity lives within the man, not within his work. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, even says something like that. He goes, that this is what he does next. He goes to the team and the dean kind of gets upset with him. But he's like, I know he's deranged, or he said something like that. I know he's out of his mind or something, isn't it? Yeah, he said, I know he is, but I've seen it. Yeah. You know, like, he's, you know, they say insanity and genius is a thin line, and he's all, he was both. Yeah. And, and your man's saying, yeah, but the, the proof was in the proof was in the work, and your man wanted to explore it then. <laughs> and, like, and then, like, <laughs> that, your one walks in when they're doing the experiment because he injects it with the reagent um, for the second time, brings the, the cat back to the de- uh, back to life, and your one walks in and stuff like. And <laughs> how do you explain that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like you know what I mean? Just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no. And he goes, "You brought the back. Well, you brought the cat back from the dead." And he goes, "Well, twice actually." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So listen, babe. Funny story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's not going to cut. No, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, that's at that point the film is officially reanimated. Yeah, at this point forward, and that literally that moment forward in the film, like like you said, you could call it a film of two halves. If if it is that, then that was the end of the first half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even if I know the second half is probably longer, and that's not how halves work. But yeah, two acts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like because because it's about then he's sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say it's it's pretty much about Doctor Dan coming over to that side, of, that way of thinking, Herbert West's way of thinking that. There is unconventional ways that maybe we can change the, the what did they call it? Brain death or something. Death. You know what I mean? Like, so we can go, uh, like, as Dr. West said, we can go past the window, the six to 12 minute window, and he's gone past it. And that's when, as you said, Dr. Dan, like, didn't respect the man, I think, as soon as he saw the, the results of the work, he, he immediately separated the two. And that's kind of like what led to his downfall in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Yeah, because absolutely. He was yeah. looking at the end justifies the means. You know, when yeah, he didn't realize that like this man is actually manic and he doesn't see any like he doesn't like the, the problem with Doctor West is he he has good intentions in a sense, but he doesn't see any. He doesn't think of any boundaries or any borders. No. He thinks nothing nothing should get in the way because this work is so important. 
I should be allowed to exact it or put it, impl- implement it any way I can or should be allowed to do it any way I want, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. He seemed to believe in it purely. It, like, he didn't seem to believe in it, like, in an evil or even a good way. It just He just believed in it purely. He just believed in the science. Yeah. And that's how he convinces... That's how we lead into our next scene, I guess, segue. That's how he convinces Dan to... Because Dan had access to the morgue. Yeah. Um, that's how he convinces Dan to sneak him in in a gurney. <laughs> see if the agent will work on a relatively fresh cadaver, human cadaver. And uh, as the security guard wants to look at him, he goes, no, no, a uh, truck accident, he's a meatball. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that security guard, though. Like, <laughs> the security guard was, was there. He was always chewing on a cigar, reading a boudoir. And I yeah, and, uh, yeah, he was the comic relief. Yeah, yeah, everything he does is kind of funny, like, you know. As soon as anyone goes in, he's like, Brick time, Brick <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. time. But, um, like, so as soon as they, they go into the morgue, and like, uh, this is where they kind of start their human trails. And as yes. you said, this... they look through. They look through the cadaver. <coughs> it was another a joke comes up almost straight away. Then because he went burn victim. Um, there's your meatball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <And> he's, <laughs> he's checking the toe. He's checking the toe tags. Yeah. And uh, then he finds uh, what is probably a heart attack death or a roid rage death. He's a physical specimen of an absolute beast of a man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with no, with no physical, no physical harm to his to his body in the sense of stab wounds, anything like that. And uh, he said, "This is the one." Was he the malpractice one, or was he a different body? He was a different body. Was he, he was a, a different body? Yeah, yeah. He was this your extremely fit guy. That he, he was only in the film in the scene that that yeah. your man didn't know who he was either. And uh, he starts the recorder and he says, "Cause of death, probably heart failure." But this and, is uh, this is how quick it like literally ramps up because within the, like within a few moments of the human trails, uh, Dustin the Dean come like knocking on the door. <laughs> do you remember this the Dean wants to get rid of West after hearing of the experiment on the cat yeah he wants and to expel West and he comes the, the guys are in the morgue and uh, the Dean comes knocking on the door or something like what's that? they inject the muscle bound dude and he goes in. yeah because there's like two doors you go into the morgue and that's just like a door <laughs> yeah. and then there's obviously a like a, a coal chamber mm. you know and that's got that's a more reinforced door and that's locked but just as he's there, the body actually does come back. After initially looking like a failed experiment, we had that minute where nothing happened. So we gave him more. And then the guy comes back, and all he has is an instinct to kill. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Like, yeah, they never they never really explain it. Your man just said that he thinks... Well, your man does kind of explain it, where he says he thinks he just brought back the instinct. He literally like just zombies. Brought, brought human instinct, yeah. He just recognized something and, and considered it a threat on a gut level. But the brain, but he never brought back actual brain function. Yeah. Uh, so, and the guy, of course, the fact that he was, I think, I think the, the, the man who played this guy was a literal bodybuilder. <laughs> like he was a huge, strong guy. And uh, he goes, and then, uh, shit. he goes, ape shit, and he kicks the door down yeah. on, top of, <laughs> on top of the dean, yeah. which I just thought was great because you're like, you're strong, but like that's yeah. literally a reinforced. It's like a what a three inches, <laughs> and, like, and he kicks it off, and he, he kills, and he kills the dean. And then what I thought was funny was, you know, they're fighting him. Your man ends up, he goes, he gets the bone saw. Yeah, yeah. Ah, and I thought he was, he comes up to him, and I thought, you know, what he's going to do, he's going to 
cut into the back of the neck and severed the brain. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, because he has a bone cell. You know, you go for the head. Yeah. It turns out he just sticks yeah. it into your chest. Now, don't forget that it, it cuts at the side, not the front. Yeah. kind of like pushes it all the way through his heart and out the front, which the gore fan in me absolutely <laughs> well, it was totally pointless it's, it's, it's not how the thing would work yeah. it's, it's a blunt instrument from the top you know it's so easy to like come up behind him and just nick the, the brain yeah, stem yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's, yeah, and he's, he's just falling <laughs> like, like, the practical effects then again it was actually because they obviously I don't know how exactly they, they, they did it but mm. you, you see it coming through his chest but then I thought it was good because when he, he's lying down dead it, it looked like the tool was stuck in his back so they did two things where they made it look like he came out of his front and then when they had him fall on the ground for the sake of continuity they also made it look like the thing was actually hanging from his back as well yeah so I thought that was cool. I loved those practical effects. There was, there was obviously some really, really talented um, Savini types on set. Maybe Savini himself. I don't know. Savini I'm did everything. Pretty sure Greg Nicotero worked on this. I thought I seen his name in the credits earlier. Fair. But I'm not a hundred percent sure, but well, I didn't see Savini's name. And yeah. like, not that I was really paying that close attention, but I'm such a I, I love Savini so much that if I seen it, I probably would have stuck with him. Um, but he, yeah, there was a lot of guys on that, and they deserve and a, a lot of love. In it. And they deserve it. So I, it was silly, but like again, this this film was silly enough that you'd forgive it a lot. I think it's just entertaining. I think like we left out Rob. Is it Rob Botton, the guy who did the special effects on the thing earlier? I just want to say his name because I love the thing so much. But like, um, I think like as I said to you earlier, that's the thing about special effects in comparison to practical effects. You remember the guys who did the practical effects, but you, you have no memory of the guys who do the special effects. You know what I mean? I, like, I can't I can't tell you um, how many times I've got a little bit drunk and talked films and I just said the scene of the thing where the doctor is going to do a autopsy on one of the dead things. Uh, he he goes to go into the chest cavity, but the chest cavity opens up and bites off his arm. Yeah. It was a really famous scene. And apparently, I mean, the, those guys sat down. What they did is they literally went and got a body double who happened to not have arms. Exactly. A man who was an actual double double amputee. Yeah. And they were able to put these blood pumps or whatever into it. So they just got the shot of the doctor going in and then they just had this guy pull out. And I mean that's that's like that's think if that's not thinking outside of the box. Yeah. Like how do how do we make it look like he has no arms? They're like, dude, we should actually just get somebody who who doesn't. Yeah, exactly. We, you know what I mean? We we can actually just just approach it in the simplest way possible. We'll find somebody who's willing to do it, and I, I just thought like that's genius. Because the simplest, genius. The simplest answer is often the hardest one to come across. The simplest yeah. answer is yeah, because they were probably thinking like trick photography, and mm. you know, like obviously there's a thing where you put your arms down by your side and you push them into your body as much as you can, and they give you. The <laughs> but they didn't. They didn't even bother with that. They said no. They got they got a guy who was a double amputee, and uh, they 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 just put him into the shot, and it just looks brilliant. And it doesn't matter that that's over thirty years ago. That that's in a hundred years that scene will hold up. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about like it, it it ages well. Like when you look at a movie like Reanimator, like that, it's obviously a low budget horror, probably even for its time. And then when you two million, you know, two, two million. Is that what the budget was? Like two million. Yeah, that's pretty decent, I suppose, for nineteen eighty five for a that, horror movie. But the thing is, like the first million or whatever, it literally just gets you your camera and your roll and your lights. Yeah, and, you know what I mean. Like the things that every film actually needs. It just gets you that bottom bottom ground stuff where you can hire a crew yeah. and you have a and you have a decent camera and you have an editor. Yeah. I mean, 
before you do anything, you need a million. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. because even Hellraiser, which all takes place in one house, yeah, with with unknown actors, <laughs> obviously didn't need to get huge money. Um, like Doug Bradley, Doug Bradley and Hellraiser wanted to be one of the guys who moved the bed into the house at the start of the film. That's that's the role he was going for. They met him. Pinhead. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's how low, but but they still needed that one million because obviously at, at a base level you need a crew. Yeah, exactly. And you need permits and, and shit like that and, and the build sets. Yeah, it's just the practicalities of it, you know? Uh, so two million, it, it sounds, it is a lot and it's not a lot. Yeah, like, and what they did, a lot, like, when you look at what they put the money into as well, it was money well spent, like, you know, the practical effects, uh, like, you know absolutely. what I mean, are absolutely awesome. Like, and in that scene, like, where it's kind of very cartoonish, nearly that, like, your man gets flattened by the door and then they, they bring him in, he's clearly dead. Like, you know what I mean? Like, very, like very he's, dead. like, clearly dead, like, and, like, they bring him in and then, like, immediately, like, because this is where Dr. West, I think, just, he's gone, he's totally becomes unhinged. Like, he just, yes. like, immediately, he's like, okay, let's fucking stick the reagent in this guy, like, you know what I mean? And, like... He's saying to Dan that, like, what happened with the big guy, the, the big strong guy that they've just put down was that he's been dead for hours, which is too long. Yeah. But you're not... He said, bar killing somebody ourselves, <laughs> this this is the freshest we'll get. And every second we sat here, <laughs> wasted. You know, so, like, at this point, that that's just it. All there is is the science, because he, he doesn't have... They should get the fuck out of there. Yeah. That's all they need to do, is get the fuck out of there. The cop is... The, the security guard dude has come in. He's <laughs> going to get the police, all this kind of shit. And your man's still just like, wow. An opportunity has presented itself to further the science, and that's it. He can't, he just can't see by it. No, it's the security guard comes in later when the father goes berserk after that's they inject it. him, Actually, and, sorry. and then the yeah. father's cowering in the corner, and like he's clearly unstable. And the security guard's like, he's like looking at what's going on, and he just goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna go call the police," and he just leaves them there with him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't very good at his job. I mean, that, that's, he just wasn't very good at his job. Like he, he just hung out with a desk and read magazines and stuff like that. And he was lovable. You know what I mean? Like he was lovable. So, uh, so quickly after the dean, like as after being killed and reanimated, that like uh, the cops come and they take the statements and all that, and the dean is then put into custody in a sense within the hospital itself like a padded room and this is where you see dr hill start, enter dr hall uh, dr hill yeah where he really kind of sorry yeah he really ramps uh i keep saying ramp up but like he really kind of starts pushing his advances on the dean's daughter now because he wants to kind of control her and take her away from dr dan because he had a thing for her you know yeah, he, he has a, a very creepy degree he had that even though he's an older man who's probably known her since she was a young girl because he's known the pattern. So it's that proper, just a creepy fucking dude. Do you remember in the earlier scene where he was like, come and study here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Study here. Yeah, he's such a yeah, creep. Yeah, when he was having dinner with him. Yeah, yeah he's such a creep. Like, and But he was, he was like, I mean, he, he did his job well because the guy, I'm sure he's probably an absolute, he was probably an absolute lovely man. I'm not sure if he's still with us. He was a, probably a lovely man in real life, but he just had resting creep face. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, you just looked at him and you thought, this guy's going to be a problem. David Gale. You know what I mean? Like, da David Gale. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he was, he played the part to perfection. He was a real creep. Like, and, oh, he did. He played the part to perfection. <clears> full, <throat> full credit to him. A 10 out of 10 performance for what was expected of yeah, him. Yeah, because what he delivered. in a world that was kind of like very villainous, he was the main villain and <laughs> head and shoulders yeah. above. Like, and like, he was even creepy compared to Dr. Herbert West, who was super creepy himself like he's on right he he was shamelessly shameless self-promotion yeah he, he plagiarized uh gruber and then he wanted to plagiarize west and he wanted the girl 
and he wanted the millions and he wanted it all for himself and for no other reason than he just wanted it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. That, that, that's, that, that's, so there was no redeeming quality. There was nothing even, a, you know, you could look at and say, wow, in his mind, he's doing it for the greater good. Yeah, like West. exactly. Like, you know, so like immediately after the Dean gets taken into custody, he decides to ramp up, uh, shit, fucking ramp up again. God damn it. <laughs> but like, yeah, you're stuck in the yeah, yeah, everyone's got, everyone's got that. But like uh, when he, um, pretty much when the Dean gets put into custody and he goes like we see a scene where dr west is in his basement and he arrives there dr hill does and he says to him that he's seen the father like what breeding and making noises and crying out for pain and he said which he's wondering because we both very well know that he is dead and this is where yeah. dr hill starts to pretty much turn his eye to dr west's work and he pretty much as you yeah. mentioned a second ago he wants to plagiarize it he wants to steal he wants it, it. he tells him that he wants it mm. And like, and like he, so he becomes fascinated with his work because uh, once again, like he doesn't respect the man, but he respects the results. So he yeah. he looks, and he's not stupid. He's obviously not brilliant. Yeah, but he's not stupid. Yeah, that's you know, the thing. He can understand. He can understand it, but he can't. Obviously, he can't actually engineer it. Yeah, you know, he's not not at that level. He can like he he imitates more than he creates himself. Like you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like in, in that scene where we see Doctor Hill and. So he, he goes over to a microscope and then um, Dr. West takes out the, the reagent and he brings it over and there's like a dying uh, cac a cactus or something, I think it is. And he, he injects some of the reagent into it. And while, <laughs> while he's looking through the microscope, Dr. Hill, um, we, we see in the background that Dr. West goes over and he, he gets a shovel from across the way. I don't understand why he'd have a shovel in the basement. Uh, maybe your man, your man always have no idea because it's laboratory. Like, so he uh, goes over, gets the shovel, and he like hits him with the shovel, and then he like hit, he falls to the ground and he decapitates him. Which is like, like I loved, <laughs> I love that scene where he decapitates him, and like immediately what they always did in the nineteen eighties is like after he he injects the head with the reagent because he's mentioned something like whole parts and never trade with whole parts, and. Immediately, what they always did with the capitate uh, head in the eighties and seventies is put on a table, because <laughs> like yeah, because yeah, yeah. the actor is underneath the table straight away, like so, and then like um he starts coming to again, and then he's like, uh, does he call him a bastard or something? He's like, you bastard, <laughs> so, and then his body starts coming forward, and like <laughs> in the background, and the body attacks him. Actually, I will tell you one thing that a shot they did that I didn't think they had to do. But I'm glad they did. Is when he actually stabs him in the throat with the shovel. Yeah. At first, you can see you can see the hate in his eyes, and he's obviously you know he's being decapitated. But they obviously went to the trouble of putting a groove in the shovel, a bit of blood, and all that. Because <laughs> usually you might just get the, the the camera looking up and somebody stabbing down and blood a blood splattering. And, but they actually went for the the gore, and they got you got a little bit of decapitation into it. <laughs> and then he has the head, mm. which he injects. And of course, as everyone knows, your your head can independently create oxygen. Uh, 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 so no need for lungs or anything. Yeah, like like the that's probably the biggest funniest part about the movie is his relationship with Doctor Hill after he decapitates him because like after he decapitates yeah, yeah, it's fucking brilliant. Like it's like it's like um I I I I don't know if you heard me before I cut off, but like um I was saying to you that like uh <laughs> that like literally Doctor Hill um. He, he injects him because he mentions that he didn't have whole parts 
And like, so yes, yeah, yeah. So he said that he knew something he never tried his whole part. So he injects the head with the reagent, and um, he he starts coming alive or something. He starts calling him bastard or some shit. And then yeah, he he goes west, bastard or whatever. Yeah, that that was a great scene. I like I love that scene because it's super gory, but like at the same time, in the background, you see the body coming after West. (laughs) Absolutely no explanation for how the the agent the like everything was supposed to be obviously at a sci-fi kind of level. Yeah, it was supposed to be based in science. That was supposed to be based based in neuroscience. It's supposed to be based on you know like reanimate flesh and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. And then then they just jumped the shark and they had the the, the head and the body independently been able to. Did he? Well, I loved it. Did he? Uh, did he actually inject the body or did he just inject the head? I actually don't. Uh, I don't think he injected the body. Yeah, but I'm not sure because. Yeah, because like I thought that, that that's fucking hilarious though. Like and then like pretty much after he re, he he reanimates Doctor Hill after he decapitates him, that uh, uh, Doctor Hill's uh, decapitated body comes attacks him, and then the, like pretty much just in the next scene where we see Herbert West, he's uh, Doctor Dan comes and finds Herbert West. He's unconscious, and uh, actually no, before that they they switch to. Um, they switch to watch what's her face, fucking Megan, and she's uh, outside the padded room where her father's in to find out he uh, she goes inside and finds out he's been lobotomized by Doctor Hill before he's gone yes. to try steal Doctor West's work because he was trying to pretty much leave, you know, no loose ends. And um, exactly, yeah. And so, uh, so Doctor Dan then they go in search of Doctor Hill to see why he's lobotomized her father, and Doctor Dan happens upon an unconscious Doctor West. Who's being uh, beaten up? I would have loved to have seen that scene, but he got he gets pretty much beaten up by uh, Doctor uh, Hill's body, and then Doctor Hill and his body steals all the the serum, the reagent, and they go back to the school. Uh, <laughs> go back with to... the fake head, <laughs> and, uh, and by the hapless security guard again with it. I don't know, even know what the head was like a mesh head or something like that. And... Uh, yeah, it, it takes on a kind of a comic role after that, but it's all kind of. The head Gory and guttural that it kind of works, you know. The head is um from looks like a scientific uh um like mannequin or yes. some shit like you know what yeah I mean? like a medical mannequin because it seemed to be like flesh in one <laughs> skeleton on the other. Yeah, I think it was like supposed yeah, to be like a yeah. diagram of the human head and the brain or some yeah. shit like you know yeah. what I mean from yeah from a classroom. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember like he stops him and he's just like Doctor Hill, is that you? And he's got the uh, Doctor Hill's head is now in the medical bag and his body yeah. is carrying it and like what happens is a, a part of the ear the ear falls off from the head the onto the head, ground yeah. and he runs like dr hill is that you and he's like yes <laughs> from the back <laughs> not good enough <laughs> yeah. like i love that guard though like he, this like he's the perfect guard if you want to have experiments on the dead and try to bring the dead back yeah. to life if you're a victor frankenstein type guy you're a herbert west that's the kind of security guard you need on the morgue to me. Because <laughs> you're writing it and you're thinking, well, this is have security guards. And you're going, yeah, God, I suppose they would. What if they had a really bad... Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that would work, actually. We could do an awful lot with that. And that's it. They just had a bad security guard. 
And, uh, and then, of course, he goes in and puts the bag down, and he opens it up, and he's like, ah, it's bad. Yeah. It's <laughs> the bag that they've cut a hole in. So there was just loads of things around the studio that they were cutting head holes in. Like, and just putting your... Do you know when he goes, that's better? Like you just said, are we supposed to be led to believe he couldn't breathe when he was in the bag? Yeah. <laughs> and then your man puts more blood into his tray. Yeah, that's how he... What's that all about? <laughs> then he takes his head instantly out of the tray. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff there that, that would just... And then the next big thing that I want to understand is he started using his laser scalpel thing to lobotomize the dead, mm. which... And then for some reason he was able to control them too. They never yeah, really explained like, that. Like... Uh, in the climax, I want I I won't jump too far far, but there's a part of the climax that I definitely want to say to you, right? But because like it seems like he's linked with them all of a sudden. They're extensions of his will. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> like how? <laughs> yeah, how and why? You know what I mean? So like, all right. So like, in what happens is next is that like, he, um. So we have Doctor Dan goes and finds Herbert West. And uh, we have Megan, she's uh, in with her lobotomized father and he pretty much, just, he attacked the security guard and takes her and brings her to, no, does, does he attack, where does he attack her? Does he attack her in the school? He does and he has the father, he has the father take her. Yeah, like, but where does the father take her, her from? her house, I think. I think from her own house. So the father comes, takes her and brings him, <laughs> brings, oh yeah, because. Her to 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 Doctor Hill <laughs> in one of the yeah. most fucked up scenes that you'd ever seen in a horror movie. Yeah, because then they had a, a suppose, a decapitated head licking <laughs> on, a, on a breast, and it, it, like I mean, it didn't exactly push the the story forward yeah. all that much. Like, so pretty know. much, when Doctor West is incapacitated, and Doctor Dan are in picture, her father absconds with her, brings her in, lays her down on a table beside Doctor Hill's decapitated head. Strips her naked, like I did pretty much Dr. Hill's like, <laughs> getting like headless boners. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a lot there was a lot there to unpack. He was also like for some reason he can control all the cadavers with just the power of his will, but yeah. he was talking to his own body. Yeah. Like door. He just goes over and answers the door like Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> so like when she's on the uh, on the, the, the slab um beside him on the medical examining table and he's in his uh, like pool of blood in a little tray for some reason that's keeping him extra alive. And like, <laughs> so he gets his body, and some lucky bastard just got to uh, pay the feel up your one's tits <laughs> for like for like thirty nice. seconds. Like, so like literally, yeah. like so some guy comes in, fills her up. It's your man's body or whatever. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. And then he gets his head. He's like to lift him or his body to lift the head up. So he can like <laughs> start going to town on your own. And like, <laughs> like he goes to, like, it's so insane. Like he's like, I, uh, what's it like, Megan, I've always admired you for your beauty. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking creepy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that was, that, that was definitely a creepy scene. Yeah. <laughs> So like he pretty much he, he he goes down on your one or whatever decapitated uh, <laughs> decapitated head. Oh God! I forgot so it's about literally that. it's literally decapitated head. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like um, in a fucked up scene, and then like uh, Do- I think Doctor Dan Dan and Herbert West come to the rescue, 
pretty much. Yeah, he just he distracts. Uh, Doctor West distracts. He walks to the far side of the room and and chastises him for being, you know, a phony and a fraud and stuff like that. And Dan comes in in the background and just get, helps her up off the table. Yeah. Even though I don't see why she didn't just literally sit up and get off the table <laughs> at any time, <laughs> at literally any moment. Yeah. But, uh, Do you think she was enjoying it? Is that what you're saying, though? <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna give her. I'm gonna give her the benefit. Of that. <laughs> you're right, though. She probably could. No way. Your man restrained her. Your man. She was tied down. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. yeah actually, fair I just yeah. remembered. Yeah, no, the body restrained her. Before well, then, yeah, then she needed help up. Yeah, and, then, and that that that's when the shit hits the fan because your man goes, "Oh, I have a plan," and the bad doctor goes, "So do I." Yeah, <laughs> spring to life, and uh, that was a funny scene. Like man, like look how little, in a sense, happens in that movie. It's because it's contained within like four or five scenes, but yet so much happens within those scenes. Like the scenes, oh god, the yeah. important scenes number is not high, but the amount of content they cram into every single scene is so impressive. Like, look how much oh, yeah. we just talked about, and that's like five minutes of the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, it's absolutely true, yeah. It's crazy, like, you know, and then as you said next, he's like, I've got a plan, I've got a plan too. The cadavers then, like, at a moment's notice, because he must be using his mind to control them, because they literally yeah. get up as soon as he says it. Like, so <laughs> he's got to, like, a, what's he's got a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? He's got a penchant or... For the theatrics or theatrical or some shit, pensioned, pensioned, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And that's it. He's psionically controlling them, and okay, we just have to brush over that apparently. And um, yeah, they they at what well, they attack, <coughs> uh, but the, your one speaks to her father, and he just just <coughs> gets enough of himself, back, despite despite being lobotomized and dead. Um, <laughs> what do you think? What do, what do you think of the, the the scene? Like, what do you think of the zombies? Actually, because like, we're talking about a lot of like, like we, I, I was expecting it to go like into Michael Jackson's thriller. Yeah, there was just something like where suddenly you were expecting them to all go into sync. Did you like you know, the design like, of the zombies? Oh yeah, yeah. I I mean, they, they they kept it practical. They kept it silly. There was a woman. There was a, a woman with an incision all the way down her chest. She's obviously post uh, autopsy. There was a guy with uh, who was obviously in a terrible accident. His face was all so it was like a, like a nice arrangement of kind of like recently deceased people from around the city. Yeah, and um, like one guy yeah, looked like he shot it, himself in the head or something. I think as well. Exactly. Like his yeah. Practical, practical, <coughs> and and um, practical effects and just kind of grounded and. Uh, yeah, it was lovely. It was gory, and it was just everything that a, a, a good horror fan wants, especially from the era. Uh, they, they didn't limit themselves for 1985. They just didn't. They wanted a lot of really messed up bodies that just set up and come to life, and they did a really good job in it. Like, yeah, considering it was just a bunch of people, that's all it was. Because, like. like, for most of the movie, you're just like you're in um, Doctor Dan's house. You're in the morgue. Like, there's only three or four real settings, and like, you know what it's I mean? True, and, actually. Yeah. And they use every setting to the ma- its maximum potential. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's like yeah, they did like hundred percent. They fit so much gore, and even with the cat, as we mentioned earlier, like, like you know, you get two or three really gory scenes with the cat. Like, you know what I mean? And then like. You get the morgue, and you get like two or three action sequences in the morgue. And in the end, you get your big climax, where you have all the dead coming back. You have your zombies, <laughs> and like every one of them are pure naked. <laughs> you know what I mean? How awkward is that yeah. scene to shoot? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like as you mentioned, there was a few. Yeah, there was a few. There was a few dicks flopping around. Well. <laughs> um, 
1980s yeah, bush. Yeah. <laughs> 1980s bush, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it was good. Uh, and and it was clever. You once spoke to her dad, and obviously there was some spark of him in there. Yeah. And obviously he was, yeah, so he attacks Dr. Hill and squeezes his head. <laughs> kills him, essentially. And then your man, for some reason, that's the scene you were mentioning before we started recording was, I have a theory. Overdose. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Overdose. Your man's been decapitated, and then his and then his head has been destroyed. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the, then the body reaches out with like a tentacle made of its own guts. No, do you remember the part uh, with the part before um, that where he goes to overdose him, and he it, it's before your man's crushing his head and. The body picks the head up and turns it around so it can look behind him. <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah, I that do was remember awesome. that. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. That was well done. Yeah, that, no, was, that cool. was a good scene. Yeah. <laughs> and like, ah, that was a great scene, actually. And um, bef- before we, we, we talk about the weird, like after he overdosed him, but do you remember when he's talking to him before the father starts crushing his head where it's obviously him kneeling on the ground. You can see the outline of his shoulders and a person standing behind him is the body. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Or he's like, "What are you going to? No one's going to believe you. You're a talking head, man. No one's going to believe a talking head. Get a job working a freak show." <laughs> yeah. yeah. The first yeah. time I see him, the, the body walking with the head. They clearly, what they did is they put like a fake human over the head because the right hand, especially, was so plastic. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just wondering. Yeah. And then he puts the head down, and of course, a little bit of camera photography, and then it's very human hand. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. But you know what? Like, I mean, whatever. Yeah. I mean, Some of my like, favorite scenes are when the body's interacting with the head. It's just fucking oh, brilliant. Yeah, it's comedy gold, like, you know what I mean? But, like, yeah. and as you said, like, I mean, it goes like, so he gives him the overdose, and, um, like, uh, for some inexplicable reason, while the head's being crushed by Megan's father, I don't believe that's her name for some reason. <laughs> you know, but like, yeah, it doesn't feel it right. Doesn't sound right. Or yeah, like it doesn't sound right. Like, and so, so um, she's uh, her father's crushing your man's head, and for some reason, the zombies are acting all weird because, like, they're as you said, sonically linked or some shit. And then all of a sudden, you see intestines shoot out of the body the rib cage splays open the intestines shoot out and they start to strangle dr west what the fuck was that all about <laughs> and, they, and they kind of like they were begging for a sequel because they kind of leave him there and it's kind of ambiguous mm. what happens to him and uh then they just i would on the second view and the, my favorite scene from the whole thing the one zombie chases our lovely couple megan and dan down the hallway <laughs> catches up with them at the elevator starts to strangle her and he runs the entire if anyone's watching this film watch this scene he runs the length of the <laughs> like, the a long, length of it. like a long corridor it's, it's, it's not yeah, a short it's corridor like a, it's, not, yeah, it's somewhere between 60 and 100 feet i don't know but it's long it's a long corridor uh, like a hospital corridor. there's a fire axe there's a fire axe in the wall so he goes and gets the fire axe and he brings it back like he he could have easily pushed the zombie offer like it's literally i know the zombie's probably super strong because it doesn't feel any pain and it can just put everything behind it but like i'm thinking like there's a fire axe there 100 feet away look just i'll be back in and, uh, but he, he's he's not even quick coming back though, like you know. <laughs> no, he's not like oh god. 
Like he's not pebble in my shoe. Pebble in my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit! I have to tie my legs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then, like, obviously, oh shit! Is that Penny? <laughs> <laughs> But he's like, he's like, ooh, piece of candy, ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> like he's lucky that was before the era of mobile phone. <laughs> but like, so but then Juwan goes downstairs, and downstairs is relatively like, there's a lot of people there, but it's relatively calm. He's able to bring her into like the trauma ward or whatever, yeah. like straight away. Yeah, he goes and, down the elevator. Uh, yeah, and then he uh, <laughs> obviously just for for dramatic effect, she doesn't make it. And then I actually did like this. That the last scene is him saying "I love you," and he has for some reason he has a syringe. I'm sure I can't remember why he had it on him. Yeah, but yeah, he goes to Jack, but it actually goes to black. And all Doctor West gave him the reagent, right? All, he, all you can see is the green shrink into nothing. Yeah, you know, as in it's going into her body, and then the credits come up. Yeah, and I thought like like why not? Like why not lean towards a, 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 a sequel? It was a genius way yeah. of um, fading to black, wasn't it? Like yes. the way like the way the... what happened to Doctor West. Yeah. What happened to her? Yeah, and it's it leaves you with a burning question. It's a, it's a cliffhanger, which and it's 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 probably fine at the time when you uh, it's years later and all the you know bright bright reanimator and all that. It's all mm. out, but um at the t- at the time it pissed you off because obviously it's going to be a year or two. Yeah, like the Lord of the Rings always did. They they, they landed on it. It was a cliffhanger. I'm you know and, like they uh, really kind of annoyed. They really leaned in. Back, it's fine. They really leaned into their the the Frankenstein aspect of it because with Frankenstein you had the, you know the legendary movie Bride of Frankenstein, so like yeah, it, it, like it pretty much you can say it with everyone but Reanimator, be but it's a trope that falls back on you know the story of Victor Frankenstein bringing back his his creature or whatever Prometheus what did he call it Prometheus or something I can't remember yeah. but like he brings back his creature from the dead or whatever and like and or he makes his creature from dead parts and. It's pretty much that story, like a new age Victor Frankenstein, but with like oh, know, yeah. we well, yeah, I'm surprised we didn't touch that. I suppose we did say to ourselves that yeah, we'd try and try and you know cohesively try and go through the film, and I'm glad we did that. But you're absolutely right, of course, it was extremely Frankenstein. Yeah, and like uh, for a new era, for an era, for an era of technology at the time when Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, it was just like lightning in a laboratory. And, yeah, exactly. Know, like hard parts just sewn together and stuff like that so they tried to be a little bit more modern and they did a brilliant job of that like yeah like and the, one of the things i loved about it as well was like you know the 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 must have had about 50 dry ice machines on the set like, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you remember the climax i love that it really reminded me of the fog not just like because it was all misty and stuff but the way they used the lights one thing i love about the fog is like you have all this fog and they have like fucking spotlights shining through it and it's really unsettling. We'd have like the red lights and the, the spotlights and the emergency lights and shit like that, like in the climax. I really love that because like it's gory as well, but like um in parts, but it's like really suspenseful kind of in that part. It's the only really part with that's kind of suspense horror when you just use the lights yeah. and the mist and stuff like that and it really plays with it and shit. Yeah. It's really, really, really cool. Which like, is a good thing. It is horror. Yeah. They used to put like one spotlight at the end of the hall and then just have it like literally ice uh, smoke machines yeah, all over. It scared the, way, the shit out of you though. It's so ominous for some reason. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, it's, that, that's, I mean, that's why they were able to make a really good horror film out of the fog because fog is just naturally scary. Yeah. The dark is scary. Anything where you don't know, <laughs> just, you're deprived of a sense is obviously off putting. Man, one of my favorite lines in the fog is uh, where she goes, 
something like along the lines I have a bad feeling about that fog or some shit like that it's acting weird and in the show is a shot of the fog and it's like a luminous green and, and it's like blowing against the wind and like you know it's like I think the colour might like, they just look out the window it's a luminous green like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean she- yeah, somebody trying to take it. You know what? I'm actually, I'm just very intuitive. Yeah, yeah, because she's like, and there's something, there's something about that, like wind defying. Yeah, yeah, because she's like, the fog's going against the breeze or something, against the wind. There's, I, I have a bad yeah. feeling about it, and it's a luminous screen. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And she's in the lighthouse, so if anyone can see it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you bitch. <laughs> I was watching an American dad, and they were recently, and they were doing like this serial killer tour bus thing, and then they get on the bus, and there's one extra person there, and He's at the back and he's cutting his own hand with a knife. And they're like, okay, uh, is it possible we have the killer on the board? And he cuts his own hand with a knife. And your man just goes, I don't know, but let's keep an eye on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, just love that. I just laughed at that line because that's it. That's not such a I'm very intuitive. Uh, there's always that one person in a horror film that's like suspectful, but never enough to really act on it when there's time to act on yeah, it. Yeah, like, do you... That's like there's like once again that's why the reanimator is hilarious because there's no real there's no real hero nobody tries to act at all like ever like you know no. what I mean <laughs> like no. not once it was like a one take film. yeah it was like it was just one take film. Yeah. know what I mean like no 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 character tried to act against what was going on like you know most no. horror movies like you said that there's that character has that delayed reaction like you know what I mean just like the act of what it's always too little too late in this they're just like oh let's go with the flow <laughs> this guy's yeah, crazy <laughs> this guy's kind of crazy but let's go with the flow <laughs> green goo you say to the morgue yeah imagine if it was just flubber yeah. and it just made them really yeah. bouncy <laughs> that's that's an interesting like dark theory yeah like, that, that, that's what that's what the, the goo became it became flubber oh man if they're linked mind blown you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And they use Flubber to bring Robin Williams back. Okay, I call it uh, Reanimator, the return of the... No, I've not... I've not I was no. hoping... <laughs> yeah, I was hoping it'd come to me by the time I finished talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a voice in your head going, okay, this is good. You got everyone's attention. Yeah. Now yeah. you just need to bring it up. <laughs> 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 Epic fail. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I, anyway, um to, to to speak about overall, what what's your impressions? It probably has to be a couple of years since you watched Reanimator. It has to be six or seven years for me and I have a poster of it hanging up in my sitting room wall and it's still been a couple of years. Yeah, um, yeah like this is my third and fourth time probably to watch it. Because I watched it, Mel McCarthy originally um, recommended it to me, and I watched it then. And that was when I was about 16 or 17, thought it was hilarious. Watched the sequel, and like, laughed my ass off. Like, And then, like, I hadn't watched it for a long time. I think I watched it then about maybe seven or eight, nine or ten years ago. Like, It's been a long time since I watched it, and it holds up so well. Like, I, I nearly... Oh, it holds up brilliant. Yeah, I laughed my ass off. Even, this, like, as I watched it twice in three days, like I said earlier, and I... Even the second time, I was still laughing, noticing so much stuff because the, the movie is so so manic that you miss out on so much stuff. Like you know what I mean? Because it truly is the the scenes are really fr- uh, kind of frantic. Like you know, you have, you have like you know these weird close ups 
and then you have this like mad fucking action sequence. Like I love the close-ups on Jeffrey Coombs when he's talking to Doctor Hill before he decapitates him, and it's like he looks like a schoolboy or some shit. Like he's about to cry. Yeah. It's really, really, really yeah. weird. Like you know, I don't know what the like. Um, it is a legendary movie, but I'm not sure. Like, like, it, like, if any of the characters were supposed to be likable in it or anything, like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know <laughs> if they were making it. They didn't know they were making a, an, an absolute classic. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's it's got this cult following now as well, which it well deserves. A lot of movies. And it's also just a lot of people, Puritans, like, that, like really like it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. On, I love the the silliness of it. And <laughs> I love the actual cleverness of it. Yeah. And I think it just holds up on a couple of fronts, like, you know. Yeah, and the gore is still awesome as well, like, you know what I mean? The gore is yeah. still awesome. It's, it's all out The gore is well. better than the gore we have now. Did you yeah. see, did you see the thing that the, 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 the re-release, the, when the Menace Thing sequel, the prequel, was 2009, 2010 was the prequel. Yeah. And uh, I remember the first bit of gore, uh, it's just somebody on a helicopter and she, he or she turns around and their face does a thing that a thing could do, you know yeah. what I mean? Like a distortion or something grotesque. And it was pure CGI, you know. That was just like, that does nothing for me. That takes yeah. me out of it. Yeah, and the film itself is you actually know. good, but the special effects really do take away from the it. The special effects yeah. really take away from Cause it. Because I actually, uh, I, mean, I actually loved the movies, The Thing, and the prequel, The, the Thing. God damn it. You pick a different name. <laughs> you know yeah, I know, like, yeah. Because it just sounds like you've forgotten the name of the film. Yeah, like... You know, The, the Thing. You've, the, the, the Thing. Because... The, the, came out in the A's, The Thing. Yeah, it was like, it was right there, like, uh, like do you know when they had called it The Thing in 1982? And because they wanted to differentiate between, oh, it was uh, Howard Hawks, I think, directed the original, I'm not sure, 1951. So I wrote an article. Yeah, I knew it was a remake. Yeah, and it was called The Thing from Another World. So why didn't the 2011 right. one just call itself the thing from another world. The thing from another world yeah. screams the fifties to me, though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's that that's what that was. There was killer something from Mars, and it was always these kind of words. <laughs> the attack of the fifty foot of, woman. Have you ever seen that movie? The attack of the fifty foot woman. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Oh TCM. Big shout out to TCM because I watched a lot of B movies and that growing up. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's it. I I, I actually when I. Uh, hopefully to go back to Horaton this year it's been a couple of years but they had one and it was it had bones from Star Trek in it I remember <laughs> but um, it was Night of the Lupus or something like that and it was about giant killer uh, rabbits <laughs> but obviously they had a scene where they just put jam on the rabbit's face <laughs> a tiny matchstick town that they made yeah and and then it would cut the people like cowering behind counters and shops and stuff like that and i mean it's terrible but at the same time it was it was 1970 I'm, i don't know i'm just going to throw a year out there i actually don't know yeah. it's 1971 let's say like, yeah it's a, it's a very old film and you were just like hey look we had a big idea and this is what we had available to us and we did it yeah man. and, and you, you laugh but like at the same you laugh at it in kind of even a derogatory mocking way <laughs> you have to put yourself back there and just yeah. say like you're a dude on set and this is what you've been man, you have to do like i'm so- 1971 and you've got five thousand dollars exactly man you know i'm I mean? the exact like, same mindset of you i'm always so forgiven of special effects for era and budget and all this yeah. stuff, like and in, Jason and the Argonauts was fantastic. Like, yeah, it was so ahead of its time. <laughs> Man, I was just thinking of like the old King Kong and Godzilla movies, where it's clearly yeah, two guys yeah. in suits and they're just yeah. fighting and a, <laughs> a paper mache, a paper mache <laughs> town. Like, yeah, absolutely. Fucking love yeah. that shit, man. You know what I mean? Like, the pra- absolutely. Yeah, man. You can't be practical effects though. Like <laughs> the rubber oh, suit yeah. monsters of the day, man, were fucking awesome. All right, so um, so. 
Vincent, you're in the director's chair. Is there anything you would have done differently? Oh, are we going to do a what if on horror? Actually, I don't even know. I actually don't think I could have improved that film in any way. Not not me. Like, yeah. I just think I just think it's I just think it was an excellently made film. Yeah. And it's not like you could put me in the director's chair. It's not like one of those things where they did something so stupidly. Yeah, I just think we're hard. Like, there's no point doing a what if because yeah. it, it just it, it is what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like most movies from that era are just like bore fest with very little story, a lot of showmanship, and some really fucking cool death scenes. And that's what we sign up for, and that's what they always deliver. And that's why everybody loves okay, them to I'll, this day. I'll like. ask you this. I'll ask you this then. Do you think Reanimator? It's not as talked about as some others. You think it belongs, and I do, for for the record, yeah. uh, in the company in the same breath as the Hellraiser and Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, and Halloween. Let's just say it all came out well in a five year span, one way or the other of it. It's a good question, but I don't think I would compare it to franchise movies. I think I would compare, yeah. it, even though it has a trilogy. I think like the Reanimator on its own. Uh, like Herbert West, the reagent, the zombies in it. Like I think everything holds up, but I think I would compare it maybe to Evil Dead, which was another trilogy. Maybe yeah. the thing, like not something that had like a seven, eight, nine. A lot of those other films weren't franchises at the time. There was probably there was only one Freddy Krueger. Mm, good good movie. point. You know, there mm. was only maybe two, and the Halloween, Halloween, I think was nineteen seventy nine or seventy eight. So there probably was a few. That probably was a franchise. Yeah. Actually, your point stands up there. Yeah, I just, but, uh, I think it, it does. But I, I, look, it's a horror classic. Yeah, agree with me there. Oh, hundred percent. It's definitely a classic. It's definitely a cool classic. And like, I, I love it. It's aged as well as any other movie from the mid eighties. Like, you know what I mean? The special effects still hold up. The story is what Absolutely. it is. Like, you know, I love nineteen eighties movies because you're just like, we're not here to tell too much of a story. We're here to show you some cool shit. Like. And that's what Absolutely. I did, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I love it. And it's a really cool take on the franchise or the, the Frankenstein mythos, you know what I mean? Like, you know, to to get that whole, like, crazed doctor that's trying to, like, you know, look past the boundaries of mortality and all this shit is really, really cool. Yeah. And it was really well done. Jeffrey Combs was the perfect actor for the part of Herbert West. And it's even a cool name. Like, and, and like, it's based on H.P. Lovecraft's book, I think, isn't it? Like, so I think that, that yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, so. There's so many movies like based on his work as well. That was, you know, it's, we're so happy, like we're so lucky that there's like four or five writers that ended up making so many novels that we have about like, twenty or thirty movies, and that's not even including right, Stephen yeah. King. Like, you know what I mean? Who's just ridiculous. Like, Lovecraft you know? did stuff that where the brain just doesn't want to go. Yeah, <laughs> there's something really grotesque and dark and like omnipresent about it. Like, you know, and that's what Reanimator was. It was. A very uncomfortable topic i mean it's death itself yeah it's yeah just excellent and just pretty and it is like everything's like people say oh this is derivative this is derivative pretty much everything is yeah like, you know what i mean like exactly the ground like, doesn't get broken all that often yeah exactly like the wheels being made but we still find different ways to use it like um exactly you, you know, know paranormal activity was great the first one because that was breaking them yeah. that was a really good idea exactly like, it can happen and films do it all the time Blair Witch Project started the found footage kind of thing, and that's great too. But like, it's just it's like you a, can, lot, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times we're working with what we were given. A, a lot of times, like you have the same ingredients, but you can make a different meal. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Absolutely, like, yeah. And yeah. and that's that's what a lot of horror is like, and it's how it's dead fresh over fucking fifty odd years or whatever. Like, 
But like, um, there's something about the era, though, man. There's something mm. we're not going to be able to put on a podcast. There's something about with those literal magic. Yeah, about the eighties. Like, just you know, about, like, yeah, like there just is, and I and I don't know how to sum it up, and I wish I did. Yeah, I think and one thing I wanted to say to you earlier as well. There's that just that general aesthetic when you go back and you watch a Hellraiser, the final fight or the the final franchise, <laughs> the Friday the Friday Thirteenth movies, and you watch like Nightmare on M Street and Halloween. There's something about that 1980s camera style, early 90s, late 70s. Yeah. There was something about it that just gave horror a different feel. You know what I mean? Iconic, like, iconic synth and yeah. slow, you know, pace, pacing was always really good. and Really long tracking yeah. shots, like really cool. It was yeah. really well done, like, you know what I mean? I the, love- the famous the famous shot of Michael Myers is seen from far away and he literally just walks behind a ditch. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing huge about it because everything's quite big these days. Like, that's, go big or go home kind of Exactly, thing. like, you know what I mean? It's like, and that's why I think and the he, likes of The Walking Dead was probably more, like, it's really successful and stuff as well. But, like, when they really relied on, they have a lot of practical effects. And I think that's why a lot of people, like, 80s and 90s horror fans gravitated to The Walking Dead because even though they use CGI at times in it for the bigger hordes and stuff they have really cool practical effects and that's Greg Nicotero's doing again like and like I think that's why you have a lot of like people like me that like love even though I was born in 1987 I grew up with 80s horror 90s horror and that were my they were my staples and that's why I gravitated to The Walking Dead at first, even though it's kind of like it's varied and it's uh, it's picked up a lot in the last couple of seasons in terms of quality storytelling. But like the special effects, the grotesqueness of their zombies. And I think that's what keeps a lot of people hooked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it has that real textured, dank kind of stinkiness to it or something like, you know, yeah. you know, you can imagine what it feels like to touch. And that's what CJ doesn't have. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, there is. There's. There's something about vicarious, uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, it's it's it, you don't it, you don't have to be. It's like a roller coaster. It, 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 there's safety precautions in place. Yeah, but there's an awful lot of falling also involved. Yeah, exactly. And there's yeah. an awful lot of speed and tight angles and steel surrounding it. It's also involved, but it's vicarious at the same time. Yeah, I think that's 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 what it's trying to do with auditory visual, and it, it needs to be clever more than it needs to be bombastic or CGI or huge or yeah. anything like that. And to, I just think it needs to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I answered your question about would I would I consider reanimator? Like, I kind of answered it, but like, I think when you look at reanimator, I think it would definitely. I put beside the likes of Evil Dead, the thing, you know, that maybe video drum, that real body horror. You know what I mean? I think that's where body horror, but video drum didn't have the, the comedy aspect. The video yeah. drum was heavy. Yeah. But you're right about the body I horror. Suppose, like like Evil Dead was Evil Dead was fun. Evil Evil Dead. I think yeah, Evil Dead is probably the best comparison you can make with it, isn't it? Yeah. In terms there's of there's a silliness there's there's an there's a silliness that's supposed to be there. Yeah. Um, it doesn't yeah. take itself too seriously, like the whole film. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, video drama is a mindfuck. Yeah. And also, that, body horror. James yeah. Woods, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. An excellent performance by James Woods. David Cronenberg. All hell, the new flesh. Yeah. yeah, it's Cronenberg, yeah. And so, is like, is there is there anything else we should we should say about it? Do you have anything else that we should... No. Um, yeah, I'm I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel Gantuli. We'll get the fuck out here.